Brian, it is after after dark. It's, it's too after dark. <laughs> it's it's highly after. It's, dark. It's, uh, people would be appalled if they knew how after dark. <laughs> it would be sad for us <laughs> and frightened, and probably have questions about right. all the choices that we're making in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> that would lend us to be this after dark, right. doing fair, after dark. Fair questions. Fair questions. Right. Pointed, necessary questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a few questions, Brian, but we're going to take some time to get to those. First, uh, what's on your mind, Brian? <laughs> That's oh. question number one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I, no, can I actually go on like an extended rant for a second? Please. To start. Um, you know, it's... Um, the year of our Lord, 2022. And there are still people who make note of, um, who talk about, who complain about participation trophies in, in, you know what I mean? In youth sports in particular, but in society at large. And I just want to say that I have now a 10 year old child and a soon to be seven year old child. And one, neither one has ever received a participation trophy there. So like, is this like another aspect of American life in which the people who have won the argument won't shut up about it? Right. But yeah. there are no participation trophies. <laughs> and not only youth sports, but all youth activities are so professionalized and over, you know, over instructed, over coached, over everything that every child by the time they're about by about 7 now the dream of anything is basically over. If you're seven years old, like <laughs> you know whether you suck at sports or are good at sports, and any hope you have of reversing either of those things is basically over. And by the time you're like 10, if you've ever been in like a dance class or a theater class, you've faced rejection, insult, ridiculous amount of pressure being put on you from some dopey idiot who didn't make it as an actor and now is like <laughs> seeking revenge on children so like <laughs> it is like there are no participation trophies in american life for children anymore and in fact it is quite the opposite where it is like the intensity of all youth activities is so startling to me um like my son I, he's six years old man he's in this like Red Bulls soccer program where for some reason soccer too is like the most extreme where I think because of the insecurity of the fact that American soccer has not produced a single <laughs> world-class player ever. But I received a written um, evaluation of my six-year-old son after his first season of Red Bulls soccer with like, you know, what to work on as he tries, as he gears up for next year where he'll have to try out for the seven-year-old, you know, team that travels around and plays others. I mean, it's like a written, you don't want it to just be like, why don't you take this and shove it up your ass? <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in this. You are a freaking babysitter. And I just want him to run around in a couple hours a week. Like it's just unbelievable. And I'm telling you, it's every aspect of a child's lives is like this. What I bet sucks for the coach who wrote that written evaluation was that he's like, 
what the hell am I supposed to write about six-year-olds? <laughs> right. The Red Bull whatever is right. making him write it. But he's right. just like, what do I say about this kid? Right. <laughs> Which one is Nate again? <laughs> right. Right. Which one of these dopey idiots is Nate? That's so true. Right. I mean, <laughs> and you're so right. You know. I get this a lot too. Obviously, I I work in the world of youth and high school sports. And first of all, the number of people that claim to hate participation trophies, you'd be shocked. Like it's not it's not even really like a right-left issue. There are yeah, so no, many sure. people who have such intense reactions to participation trophies. And I don't get it at all i don't understand what anyone's problem is did you receive participation trophies as a kid yes i did so did i (laughs) and yet brian here we are both of us in our 40s thriving right after dark right (laughs) like i i I don't get it i I, like i got one people act like it is the downfall of society everyone who is an adult right now received a participation trophy at some point and yet it's society still stands. In fact, probably the last generation not to get participation trophies was like the baby boomers who are a disaster. It just driven us off a cliff. Right. Probably because of their insecurity and unhappiness of never receiving a trophy in their entire lives. Absolutely. And I just don't even understand every argument I've ever heard against participation trophies is I'm mad at the losers. That's it. That's the argument. Because first people people say like, well, what happens if your team won the championship, but then the, the second place team got the same trophy you did? I'd be like, I don't care. So what? We won. We know we won. Like, Right. That's we'll also, always know we won. Yeah. Like that's it. It it's it, I don't like I don't even like I could care less about the trophy we receive. The right. trophy is beside the point either way. Right. It's just another thing though where something that is is presented as the problem is not only not the problem but like the total opposite of the problem, which is right. that it's the complete opposite that kids are like before they can even figure out if they like sports are told they're losers and suck (laughs) at it and and have no future and are blocked out or criticized or like it's craziness and it's everything it's not just sports it is like any youth activity you can think of is is so the intensity of it is so intense so quickly um and forget participation trophies. Like there is, there's nobody being encouraged to like overcome a lack of an a initial ability for something or, you know, stick with it. You, you know, it is like you suck and this is, there's no future for you here. Like so early on, it's appalling. But what's also interesting is that Actually, it's not that kids aren't being told to stick with it and improve and persevere. They're just expected to want to do that without any external motivation. <laughs> like, right. you suck. You need to know you suck, and you need to work harder at not sucking with no incentives whatsoever. <laughs> just the fact that you suck, and we all know it. Like, right, it. right, right. You know what else I would add 
that that the problem, the downstream problem that this causes is that you know what absolutely every single high school team in America, in absolutely every sport, I don't care how good the school is at that sport, is lacking in? The answer is depth. Right. Like, no high school team in the country has depth. None. Interesting. And like, you know what would create depth on high school teams? If, you know, second string Johnny was just like 10% better because... He got a participation trophy. He stuck with youth teams. He did get coached. He did get a little bit better. And by the time he got to high school, for the two weeks he had to fill in at corner for his JV football team, he was serviceable. Right. (laughs) You know? Right. He was encouraged, and he hit his growth spurt, and there was some improvement, and away we go. Right. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's really like – it's – I don't know. You just, I'm just noticing it more and more and it just makes the whole participation, which I've always hated, but now it's just laughable when people complain about it. Um, on a side note, my son did score a touchdown, his first touchdown of his career Sunday night. Um, and I was not totally prepared for my emotions. If I could have, I would have carried him off the field on my shoulders as like a trophy. I was so <laughs> thrilled. I just he caught like a 20-yard pass down the right sideline and took it to the house. And it was an awesome, awesome moment of glory. What like, how, what did he do when he crossed the goal line? Well, it was so cute because it was a little confusing. Like the pylon and because it's like a mix. There's like the pylon, but then there's like cones and it's not. So he was very, he wasn't sure he had done it yet. You know, he was kind of all like, oh no, have I not done it? You know, and he stopped like just short of the goal line and then like took one, like stepped over the last step. And then everybody was like, because the coach was like, no, 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 one more, you know. Um, But then he, so he was all like, did I do it? And then he just ran over the sideline and everybody was all, you know, he was, he was beaming with pride yeah i'm it sure was, oh man he and then it, it was like right before halftime so then like halftime happened and he came running over to me oh uh, man and it was awesome he was like oh touchdown <laughs> i was like i know <laughs> and it was so great oh my god how many times has he reenacted it in oh my god room? and talked to us about it <laughs> and told allison my wife about it and <laughs> And, you know, even also a, fr- a friend of his also caught a touchdown, but it was it was like a two yard like underhand flip because they yeah. were very close to the touchdown. And he was like, you know, I felt like mine was a li- was more impressive. Of a yeah, touchdown. <laughs> I was like, you're right. It definitely was like yours was a real catch and run. Like, right. He's like, because he just like he was right. I mean, he just kind of handed it to him. You know, I was like, yeah, no, you're right. Yours was a real touchdown. <laughs> I can like, hear him saying that. Oh, so funny. Mine was like more impressive, I think. Uh, it was oh. great. What a moment. What a moment. How's his coach? You know, it was funny. Like his coach is actually, so I, the guy I thought was going to be, it's funny. So he's on the Eagles, which is upsetting. Oh, I know. That's terrible. And it's funny. The guy I thought was going to be his coach was this guy wearing a Giants um, sweatshirt. So I was happy about that. And the coaches get to be the quarterbacks, actually, um, oh. which is kind of fun. Um, 
But so the guy who actually runs the program, I get the sense is an Eagles fan because he had an Eagles jersey on. And I think he wanted to like coach the, the Eagles team. So he kind of took over. No, he and he is a nice guy, I gotta say. Like he runs this league. It's totally free. It's um they do a great job. It's like this flag football on Sunday nights. Um, yeah, I was a little skeptical of him. Also, it was kind of annoying because this other guy was like, I could tell could really was like a quarterback. Like he could throw, he was dropping ball, and I was like, that'll just be nice. And then this guy definitely wasn't as good. Yeah. But um because it's funny, even at that level, like quarterback like i've seen like the dads who can be quarterback their teams do much better <laughs> right of course than the dads who are like can't put it on anybody um but yeah anyway it's a fun league i gotta say and it was awesome i'm it's actually now it makes a lot more sense now that you're telling me that the dads play quarterback because i was like was there a six-year-old that threw nate a tw- 20 yard yeah pass? no no it was like, a grown wow. adult yeah yeah <laughs> okay. yeah well it's like a relief i guess yeah i mean it's smart because it does like it gets everybody the ball and like yeah for sure you know it and yeah i mean i don't you couldn't function with a with a six or seven year old as the quarterback (laughs) maybe there's leagues in america that do that but i don't know i think the way they do it's pretty smart yeah i don't think that right maybe in some parts of texas certainly not yeah right the tri-state area <laughs> right certainly not hoboken new jersey <laughs> well that's really exciting uh awesome. so what do they wear green yeah they have an eagles jersey oh my god i know there's an eagles jersey in my house i mean it's not a really it's modified you know it looks like a flag football jersey but right that's still eagles on it that's tough to swallow I know. And Joanna was giving me crap because I was like remarking on it. She was kind of like, you're giving him a complex that he's like not excited to be on the Eagles. And I'm like, well, you know, it's not my fault. <laughs> right. I mean, that's precisely the point. I want him to have a complex about being on the Eagles. Like, right. I want him to feel something about it. What, what did you think the objective was? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. She's like, he's going to feel bad about the team he's on. I'm like, Right. Okay. I get that. As you should. I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's funny, too. They, like, tell you before the season that you can't lobby to get them on a different team, like, for precisely this situation. You know? Of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, you're just, you're, the team is the team. So, like, don't, we don't want any crazy Giants fans. <laughs> have enough teams that they could have just avoided the both nfc and afc easts altogether yes and that's actually all the other teams that's what they did i think it's because the guy who runs the league is an eagles fan and insists on there being the rest of the teams it's like the saints the dolphins the whatever then then i think you have every right (laughs) that's it no because there's other options right right no i think then you have every right to protest this decision. Right. I'm on the it's like the only team, problematic team in the league is we're on. So that's it is frustrating. Yeah, that's unacceptable. But Nate has now scored a touchdown for the Eagles. That's Eagles one, Nate, Nate one, us zero. <laughs> that's how I look at it. Right. <laughs> but that's very exciting. I'm so happy for for little Nate because I can 
only imagine his thrill. Oh my God. The joy was unbelievable. He's unbelievable, man. He loves, like, nobody loves being out there more than that guy. Like, just the <laughs> thrill of the the game. Like, for him, it, you can just see, it is like, he is like, it's as if they told him he got to actually be Superman. You know, he's right. like, we get to play in the game? Like, it's like a real game, you know? Like, and he's just so thrilled. Right. Um, it's uniforms, referees. Right, right. Yeah. Like a touchdown, you know? Like, right. he's just like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so giddy. Anyway, it was great. Well, let you, Brian, how about the real Giants? They're about to draft someone. Uh, the night this is airing on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I'll see it. I will. I will react when they have done what they're going to do. I think I'm very. Ho- I'm really hoping to leave the draft with at least a trace of enthusiasm about this year's Giants. That's that's my <laughs> that's my goal for the draft. And so, what what would make you feel enthusiastic? I guess if they really there. If they do pull off, if they can get one of the tackles that every... I really don't want the guy that's like the third guy that, you know, what's his name? Cross. Cross. Yeah, Yeah, Charles Cross. I don't want to have to be... Unless unless they decide not to pick, you know, the other... The both... One of the two that the other two that everybody Neil and I forget the other guys or I can't pronounce it. Icky. I think they just call him Icky. Yeah. Yeah. If one of those two is available and the Giants just choose cross, I can get behind it. I don't want to see them like have to pick the third guy in the pecking order. Um, but if they could get one of those two and an elite defensive player, whatever that is, if that's Sauce Gardner, if that's, you know, one of the edge guys, sounds like the guy, the Georgia guy, Trayvon Walker, is that his name? Yeah. Sounds like he won't be there anymore. Right, I think he's almost it's possible he's jumped Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's Thibodeau, you know, and an elite tackle, like I, you know, okay. That's like pretty legit, you know. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I saw today uh actually just before we started recording Jordan Renan, I'd read a tweet that he said that the Giants are most high on Evan Neal and Sauce Gardner, but it's okay. also possible that both guys could be gone by the time we get to the Giants. Right. And then that's the thing that worries me, right? Because then it's like, all right, well, you like Evan Neal. Like, what do you think of Icky? Yeah. Right. And like, I've, I think Dan Duggan tweeted that they like Charles Cross the best. Right. And then I was like, well, why? I don't get that. Right. Why do they feel that way? Right. Who yeah. do they think they are? <laughs> so, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, five. It just really feels like I don't even understand how we're picking at five after the season we just watched. I know. I, I, I will say, like, I also would be fine with a top tackle and a trade out of the seven. Yeah, and getting a pick next year, but it, they got to get one of the elite tackles. If if we if we're talking if it's cross and the other two guys were gone, and or it's something else and they or it's they just decide to pick go defense whatever like 
I want the dream. Give me at least the dream of the two young tackles. <laughs> I know. I know. We have to just have that. Like that should have been done years ago. Right. Right. Give us Absolutely. two bookend tackles where it's like, right. wow, look at that. Yeah. And we'll find guys to fill in between those two. <laughs> right. And then I could at least, um, whatever, gin up some level of like, okay, I, I guess, I don't know. I still don't know. You know, <laughs> we were talking about a little, a while ago, how, you know, Saquon has just become, he's turned into this thing of like, I find him so unpleasant, you know? And like, yes. Him, you know, his little thing about he's sick of the BS and he's, he's, you know, his all, it's like, all right, man, well, you better be freaking awesome this year. Cause it's like one, it's not BS. You stink. Right. You're the BS. <laughs> You, you're sick of it. You are it. Right. Right. Like, no one's being unfair to you. You've been terrible. Yeah. Not at all. Right. The team has been terrible. You have been terrible. It's all been terrible. It's also, I feel like Saquon got let off the hook last year because he got injured in the second game. Well, he sucked in the first game, and he was playing terrible in the second one. Yeah. Yeah. He's been awful. Like, yeah. He was terrible last year. Forget he had his little injuries. Like, he was no good. There's a guy I follow on YouTube, Brandon something. Not Staley. But he does these really good uh, breakdown videos. Um, And he did one on Saquon. Not just of the Giants, but just of the league. But he did one on Saquon, and it was... It ruined... It Basically, that officially ruined Saquon for me. I watched it (laughs) earlier this season... But it's really just about how, because he is so obsessed with, you know, hitting a home run on every, like just running for a touchdown on every play that he just can't get a couple yards. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, I still feel like the franchise is like uh, being held hostage to this desire to like show off that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are good players. And I'm, I find myself barely rooting for either guy at this point. And so when we come into this year, like trying right. to get excited about anything that's happening is like trying to get excited about those two players. I'm not excited about those two players. I kind of think they should both just be gone and the giants should be doing everything they can to like be ready for next year to draft a new guy. <laughs> and they should be, you know, bottoming out this year. And <laughs> so you know, any enthusiasm, it's just hard to muster. No, I agree. The thing I find most offensive is that sort of like proving to everybody that Daniel Jones and Saquon are good feels to me like a Mara driven defense of Dave Gettleman's tenure. Right. Almost. That we were still ultimately right. We just had bad luck and right. we did a few things wrong, but like on the big stuff, we were right. Right, and absolutely not. You were wrong on the big stuff, the small stuff, everything in between. <laughs> everything in between. And I just, Dave Gettleman, the more I think about, honestly, sometimes the more I think about the Giants, like it's, I don't think we were upset enough about Dave Gettleman. Right, I agree with you. I agree with you. I also think you're so right that I have, in ways I hadn't totally or like fully thought about, just like the, the John Mara, like golf foursome bit, you know, <laughs> like... <laughs> but like John Mara, like 
needs to like personally the quarterback of the Giants. You know right. what I mean? Like in this way that is like unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even unnecessary, right. but just so over the top. You know what I mean? Like yes. he needs to like that guy. That guy needs to be – he needs him – if that guy walked into his box, he'd be – oh, he'd be introducing him to all his friends and like – he really needs to like him. Right. Which is so ridiculous. Right. Correct. Not true, John. <laughs> this is not how it works. Like, right. I get it's nice if you like him and it's nice if you can relate to him, but it's not imperative. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just think him, like his personal feelings toward the person play too big a role in almost every hire that he's right. involved with. You know, but you're right. It's, it's it's the most silly when it comes to the quarterback. Right. right. It's not what it's about, man. Like, maybe, yeah. you know, it's a guy that you don't totally connect with, but. Right. But he wins football games and the fans will connect with. Right. We'll figure out a way to get over the fact that he doesn't wear the right polos that you're going <laughs> to. Yeah. Like, I don't want to take away a person's opportunity to inherit a professional sports franchise from a parent. But I do think there has to be like an, some sort of test that you have to pass. Right. I don't know what it is, but you have to pass a test. And I'm not even saying that I'm not trying to make a nepotism point necessarily. I think it's more like the problem here is the degree to which John Mara sees it as a family business. Right. Right. You know, and that's why he needs to like the quarterback. Right. You know, and it's just like, John, this, you're not like running a shoe shop here, buddy. Right. right, This is an NFL franchise. Like you got to get past some of these ideas. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I know. You know, I mean, it's hard to imagine a way in a free country where you could like forbid a father to pass his football team on to his son. But yeah, it's not it's not totally ridiculous that like to disallow that, you know, like or right, to I- make it so prohibitive from a tax perspective that nobody would do it, you know, or. And I'm, I just want to be clear, too. I'm not making any sort of point about nepotism privilege the death tax it really has nothing to do with that what it truly is about is like the thing about a sports team look i understand the desire to pass something on to your child especially if it's as important to you like you own an nfl franchise that means a lot to you Yeah, yeah you know and so it's meaningful to pass it on to your children the problem is is that in some sense we're all wellington maris children Right. <laughs> like, it's really, really, really important to me how right. the Giants play. And so it matters who owns them. Yeah. So you can't just pass it to your son without us all kind of weighing in on it a little bit. Right, right. Or like Green Bay, there should be some sort of shareholder situation where, like, you know, maybe John Mara gets to own 49% of the team or any son of a, you know, a former owner you can own 49% of the team you inherit, and then the fans become the shareholders for the other 51%. Right. Or, like, fans should be able to call for, like, a vote of no confidence on yes. the owner. I agree. <laughs> yes. And you have this team, like, removed. If it's, like... And you can make the threshold high, you know? Like, 75% yeah. of the fans have to say, 
have to have to vote yes or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what what is it to like the what amendment is Congress now always threatening to use the twenty fifth amendment? What could just remove the person oh, from the, office? The president. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think God, it's the twenty fifth amendment. Right. I think. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. We, it was just in the news for like four years, and yet somehow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. It is the twenty fifth. Yeah. So they should have that for franchises. Some ability to exercise a removal of the owner but yeah i agree i just i want i want a good i I want i want one of the two tackles not one of the two tackles and an exciting defensive player yeah i agree i agree like a defensive player who will Cause me to make an a noise out loud in September. Yeah, I mean, you know, like if you added Gardner and Neil, you know, that would be like, wow, that's a pretty, that's a pretty impressive haul. Um, yeah, and then you'd have two tackles. Now you've actually got like you'd have two maybe potential Pro Bowlers in the secondary between him and McKinney. Right. Um, you at least got something. You got the start of something. Oh, did you see? So, uh, Good Morning Football proposed this trade. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Bradbury, and our seventh pick this year for the second pick from Detroit. So we would pick at two and five, and lose who? Hutchinson. I- no, I mean, well, right, like it could be whoever, right? Like we, maybe we could take Hutchinson there or Trayvon Walker, and then at five, one of the tackles is possibly still there. Right. Or if we just feel like the Texans at three are going to take Evan Neal and like the Jets at four are going to take Sauce Gardner, we can at least jump to two to grab Evan Neal. Or Gardner and, or one of them. Right. The one you like the best. Right. And then at five, there's somebody's going to be, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's an, but I, who was it? Shepard? Shepard Bradbury and the seventh pick to move up to number two. So that's Detroit. Yeah. Right. Do they want that package? I couldn't imagine. Why? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. What do they need? Like, they, who'd they bring in a quarterback? It's not Goff right now, right? They brought in somebody, didn't they? I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hold on. Or maybe they were going to – oh, you know what? I think I'd seen some people mocking uh, a quarterback to them later in the in the first round because I think they have two picks. Right. It's interesting how nobody, no good team wants Goff. Right. Yeah. Like a decent team. Be interested in, um, you know, it's funny now. I've been thinking about this with Baker Mayfield. Like nobody wants to get stuck in this quarterback purgatory. Um, Like you'd, people would rather have a bad quarterback than a middling quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because if you have a bad quarterback, your team is bad, and you can draft a better quarterback. Right, you have, right. If you have a middling quarterback, your team is middling, and 
You can't draft a good quarterback. Yeah, because I was thinking there's like no market for Baker Mayfield, and yet he's better than like half the league's quarterbacks. But like nobody wants to be like stuck with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Goff exactly. is like the same way where it's like Goff's, you know, like Goff would be an upgrade for us, but we're not going to trade for him. Right. Because right, Detroit's not going to do a one-for-one swap for Jared Goff. So what do we, how much do we have to give up for Jared Goff? Maybe not that much, but it's just like then you've got him. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with him? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let him and Daniel Jones duke it out. Uh, lucky for us, we have a middling quarterback. No, right. We're just – we're like – we're we're the worst of the worst because we're like trying to find out if our shitty quarterback can be middling. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, maybe he could still be. Uh, why, totally do <laughs> why do we want to know that? Why do we want to know that? Maybe our guy could be solid if unspectacular and ultimately <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> we may have the next Jared Goff already on the <laughs> roster. We gotta find out. <laughs> why, why would we trade for him we got him we could have a guy he could be as good he's not yet he's not right. even as good but we get the opportunity to discover if he's as good as jared goff or baker mayfield some some have even suggested that his ceiling could be as high as ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, who the <laughs> titans would probably do anything to get rid of at this point he's basically single-handedly keeps them out of championship contention i know Oh, my God. The Giants are infuriating, Brian. They really are. How did they get this way? You know? know? It's hard to get excited about them. Yeah. I'm all ready, man. I'm just, you know, I just really am starting to think that Joe Shane is lipstick on a pig, and he allows the Giants to pretend that they've changed, but he's not going to challenge their worst practices or worst thinking. And he's company man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's being too pessimistic and harsh, but. Let me ask you this. Is there a piece of you that feels like it's possible that Dable and Joe Shane, you know, because at least they're friends. I don't know if you know that, Brian. They're friends. They they're very tight. Yeah. Um, that maybe they just get it where it's like, we just got to say all the right things. Right. about this friggin' guy so that John thinks we gave it all we had, you know, yeah. like we believed as much as he did and we <laughs> tried our best and it just, you know, it didn't work out, you know, I, like, I, I think that's possible. But even if they're doing that, you're already, you know, it's just poisoning. You're eating from, you're eating right. poisoned fruit. Like, right. You know, like, yeah, it's like all the people who get in bed with Trump, where it's like maybe they think that they could do something different or it's not going to happen to them, and then he just will publicly humiliate you no matter what. Right, right. you can control him. Or right. You can get him on the, you know, it's like Chris Christie thinking, oh, no, I can I can keep him in line or I can yeah, marshal his best instincts and right. protect him from his worst instincts. No, you can't. Yeah. That's true. I'd feel better like if if Saquon had been traded. I'd be like, okay, oh wow. I know. Okay, that would signal something to me. Right. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, they haven't been de Gettleman enough. Instead, he's not. 
not only is he not traded, he's front and center. Right. And Saying crazy shit. Right. Being put out there again, treated like he's Walter Payton or some kind of star player. Great Giants legend. <laughs> right. You know. Giants legend. He's not. Drafted second overall by David Gettleman. Had right. exciting rookie season. Like Stinks. he hasn't even yet surpassed Ahmad Bradshaw in all-time Giants running backs, you know? Right. Oh, not even close. Right. So, like... Are you talking statistically or in our hearts? Everything. Every which way. Right. Well, I'm saying, right. In our hearts, it's not even... It's right. embarrassing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. If I was listening, best running backs in my Giants lifetime, it's Tiki Barber, you know, Joe Morris, probably uh, Rodney Hampton. Yeah. You know, he's not even Saquon's yeah. yet. Not top five yet of Giants running backs all time. And we haven't had that many great running backs. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's just not a good player. He's just not, he's just not good. Right. Right. Forget all the rest of it. Like, yeah. He just hasn't been any good. Right. <laughs> Right, and I don't want to hear about injuries. It's part of it. Right, right. It's part of it. Yeah. It's part of it. Well, speaking of excuses, Brian, <laughs> let's get to the fun part. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn's home of the Nets. Where Brooklyn at? It's right here. It's with the Nets. Right. Brooklyn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving face-planted themselves in the first round of the NBA playoffs, and it was glorious. It was delicious. It was a delicious. I could have watched. I hate the Celtics. I could have watched 25 games, more games of that series. Just them just being totally dominated. And just the hopelessness with which they played. Yeah. Um the lack of camaraderie that they had, the lack of chemistry between all of them, just the rudderless, leaderless group that they were. Just what a gift it was. It was like, perfect. The Boston fans in the Barclays Center last night is like when a wrestling heel turns good even right. if it's just ever so brief it's just it's like oh it tastes so good i you know i don't want to do this all the time but just for tonight this is just too good just to have them turned on those two schmoes oh, god they're the worst sucks. the worst the worst Kyrie Let's... Irving is unbearable. Let's... He is unbearable he's terrible he's the worst person in the world <laughs> <laughs> i mean First of all, I am still I'm looking forward to you fulfilling your promise to vaccinate him. That you're just right. gonna vaccinate yeah. him. He's not Secretly. the worst person in the world. He is the most annoying person that I right. in my life currently. He is so irritating. He's just the most annoying human. He really is. You know, it's this this self-assuredness that is zero percent earned. Right. You right. know, like Fine, you're an excellent basketball player, and whatever. I am so tired of like, oh, he's really smart. He's really thoughtful. Like I've never heard him say anything smart or thoughtful. Right, right. I hear him say a lot of dumb shit that he just came up with out of nowhere. 
Right. I mean, he he clearly thinks he's very intelligent. I have right. no reason to know whether he's actually smart at all. He says some really stupid things. He believes right. some really idiotic things. Like, I'm not saying he's dumb, but right. Like, he's he's the opposite of thoughtful, too. Like, he, he's, he, he wades in, you know, he's thoughtless. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he needs to be more thoughtful, like, right. about what he's thinking and saying and think about it before he just spews it out. And, you know, I really don't want to oversimplify it, but I, I feel I actually do feel comfortable calling him dumb. <laughs> like, I do. I'm not even joking. Like, he thinks the earth is flat. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, or he right. espouses that, or he, like, challenges people on it being round. Like, right. you only say that if you're dumb. Right. That's, That's true. a fact. That's true. Right. Why do we have to tiptoe around it? Like, I didn't make him tell anybody that. I didn't right. put a gun to his head and force him to say something that ridiculous. He volunteered it. He was also a grown adult when he said that. But he still believes it. Yeah. Like, right. No, you're dumb. <laughs> Just an idiot, right? <laughs> like I'm sorry, right, right. Oh, like God. that's so stupid, right? And not only did he say it, but he framed it in like, "Do your own research," you know. Right. Like, you gotta like, you can't just <laughs> did it be spoon fed what the what they want you to think. It's like, no, I, I'm, uh, I'm not Kyrie. I'm looking at visual evidence, um, you know. We have lots of video and photographic <laughs> of the, the Earth's dimensions. It's it's not unknowable. And it's like that precise reaction that just makes him so intolerable. Where it's just this like it, this attitude of like you don't uh, you don't know, like you just you don't get it. You know, like with the right, whole right. the vaccine thing, and like and then. Him showing up to that Knicks-Nets game to sit in a seat in the crowd to make a point about how stupid it was that New York City still had this rule. Like, or is it stupid that you just refuse to get vaccinated? Right. For no good reason. At all. None. I know. Like, the mandate wasn't the problem. You were the problem. You were the problem. And then he said, he said the Celtics had the privilege of playing together most of the year, whereas they did not. Right. Who stripped them of the, who stripped your, the nets of that privilege <laughs> of this opportunity to gel, which you consider so important. The gelling must commence. I know. Yeah. No. Also, he, and then the whole the thing about like, you know, me and whatever, uh, Sean and Kev, we're going to manage this franchise going forward as though like, like, yeah. I don't, I'm not somebody who thinks players should have no say. I think it totally makes sense for you. Like your franchise cornerstone, but like he says it with no, awareness of like he went to the Celtics and it was a freaking disaster and he had to leave in a year he comes to the Nets it's been a total fiasco like right. he says it like you know when LeBron is like I want to be involved in player personnel he's saying it as somebody who took his team to the finals 10 years in a row right <laughs> like, and he has won a title for every franchise he has played for right right, right. every single one yeah you know right. like Kyrie, you don't get to – you just don't have the right to talk right. like that. You have come and damaged two. That you, yeah. Two of the three you played for and the, and the third – all three you left in terrible circumstances <laughs> upon your departure. Like, 
So, also, you can't, you really just can't. This isn't, you cannot be in a position of leadership when you could just disappear at any moment right. from the team without any explanation. Not only no explanation, but just this, again, this attitude like you don't know anyone anything. Right, right. I mean, also, I just do, these players are fooling themselves. Like, if you guys want to be management, that's totally fine. Like, that comes with management accountability. Like, yep. if Kyrie, if you're if, if you're running this franchise, then if the, you don't win, not only it's not only on you as a player, it's on you as a coach, GM, like all of it. Like you're in the you're <laughs> you're responsible, and like you guys don't want that. Right. You don't even want it as players. Right. Right. Durant too. God, what are you so mad about? I know. I'm sorry the people of San Francisco love Steph Curry more. Guess what? The people of every city love Steph Curry more. Right. He's more likable. Nobody made you do that. You yeah. wear it. You got to wear it. Right. People hated it. What do you get? You know, it's like, you know, if you're an actor and you make a movie, sometimes people are going to hate the movie. And right. You got to figure out a way to live with that, that, that they think it sucked. So you made a thing and everyone hated it. And it's not their fault. It's not their problem. You got to figure out how to like, and maybe you think you have, but I don't. I don't see it. Like, you well, just it, wear it as such bitterness, and it's like look too. And I think that's what holds him back because I do think LeBron eventually understood what everyone was so mad about. Right. And then he went back to Cleveland and he won a title there, and and that was hard. That wasn't a given. It wasn't like you know, obvious or automatic or anything. And it's like, Durant, if you want to shed that, you got to go somewhere else and win. Right. And you haven't... The arc of LeBron, he goes to Miami the first year and he fails. Yeah. Brutally. Like, falls apart in that series against the Dallas. They lose to a team that they have no business losing to in the finals. And he was bad. He clearly folded. Yeah. And then he comes back wins the next two years and is amazing in those finals and then goes to like he did get it like he, i feel right. like he he heard it he accepted it that first year of failure was like okay i get why people hated this and now i gave them this gift i actually like right and it was horrible yeah and then i'm gonna come back i have to win here i know that and he did and then he was like, I got to go back there. Right. I can't, I can't end my career not winning a championship in Cleveland. Right. Like, he, he was like, it was an acknowledgement. And that is like the point that Durant is, it's like, you, you got to get there. That like, people were right about, people have a point about what you did in Golden State. And I don't know how you fix it. And, and now maybe you do have an opportunity. Like, maybe you can look at this as like, all right, now's your opportunity. You failed. This has been humiliating. Because, like, look, imagine LeBron had a series. Like, not to always make it all about LeBron, because too much of the NBA is about LeBron. But, like, imagine LeBron had a series like Kevin Durant just had and got bounced in the first round when he was 32 years old. I don't care he's coming off a Achilles injury. Yeah, he's no way. He's playing great. He's still a great player. He's only 32 years old. Like, can you imagine? The re- I mean, he would wear it for the rest of his life. Yeah, it would get to- – I would just get brought up 
endlessly his entire career. It didn't matter what he achieved afterwards. It would never stop hearing. You'd never stop hearing about it. Lee Durant was horrible. He was terrible in this series. It's also, too, like, I just feel like so much of Durant is just, I don't know, like, it's almost like he's trying to act like he doesn't care, but he totally does. Right. Or it's like he has this attitude, like, I don't know the fans anything. And all right, Durant, like, you're you're right. You don't really owe anybody anything. But when that's how you feel towards us or towards people, you're not going to get, like, roses in return. Right, right. <laughs> so perfectly put. When you exude that with every fiber of your being, that everybody could just fuck right off. Like, <laughs> sometimes that's like the thing you're going to attract back is like fuck you. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't like you that much. I don't yeah. like watching you. Everything about you is just like two middle fingers right at me. Yeah. Like okay, I mean fine. Like that's all right, I guess. But like. Okay. And the two of them are just like, what's everybody's problem? <laughs> like, oh, right. you! <laughs> right, you two clowns. Right. I know, this whole situation. And, you know, we haven't addressed it directly. Like, look, you bozos, you went to Brooklyn, okay? Because I guarantee you, if you're wearing blue and orange and playing your home playoff games in the garden, you don't get swept. That doesn't happen. The sweep doesn't happen. You win a home game. Yeah, yeah. We managed to do that last year for crying out loud. Like, you win a home game. Yeah. I mean, I just think, too, like, you know, he didn't have to come to the Knicks, and the Knicks have been sorry for a long time. But his whole thing of, like, the Knicks aren't cool anymore, like, like, he not only did he do this, like, one, the dalliance with New York, like, the, I mean, I guess what was, he couldn't shut that down necessarily, but it's certainly, like, he didn't do anything to give off the impression that that wasn't going to happen. Right. And everybody in New York thinks it's coming, and then he goes to Brooklyn, and then is, like, a dick about it. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, to the Knicks. Like, I don't know. You didn't have to do that. And, like, dude. You missed out. Like, you lost out on something that would have been, you would look, but you would never regret, have regretted that decision. Right. You know, it would have been a thing you would have treasured your whole life, that experience of being the most beloved player on the Knicks. Like, you're just, you just outsmarted yourself. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's a great way to put it, is outsmarting yourself. I mean, the biggest miscalculation about sort of trashing the Knicks is that that the Nets don't have any actual fans. Everyone that's a Nets fan is like like a, a swinger, curious Knicks fan. You know what I mean? Like a, a Knicks fan who's willing to go to a Nets game. That's who the Nets fans are. So when you insulted the Knicks fans, you essentially insulted the even the few fans that you actually had. Right, right, right. Right. Because there are Knicks fans who like basketball and are just like, all right, I'll also watch the Nets, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's got to be the fan base, though. There's no passion there. Right, because how could you? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. what's the passion? Right. <laughs> what are you passionate about? Right, right. And, like, yeah, man, like, I don't know. I guess it's like, maybe he doesn't care. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't care. But it's like, you worked so hard. You, you, 
he spent so much time to like become this amazing, like one of the top 15 basketball players of all time, you know, and no one loves you. <laughs> right. Like nobody, nobody cares. Like you have no home. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, that's going to any stadium and like, you know, like, I don't know. Like you think about an athlete, like an Eli Manning, like he goes anywhere in New York. People like love him. Yeah. They love him. You know, like, he's not even as good as you. Just think about the roar. the Like, the roars Julius Randle got last year. Right. Kevin Durant, the building would shake. Right. Let me you know? About the love that, like, a guy like John Starks gets. And he, like, yeah. let us down, like, brutally. <laughs> I know. Anything he should be getting food thrown at him but like dude, everyone <laughs> loves him and you're not you don't have that anywhere you go back to okc it'll always be eventually they'll like but they're always gonna be like yeah thanks for absolutely nothing right thanks you for go to golden state they don't care about you like no you're when they when they bring back the team the golden state teams and it's 20 years from now and they're celebrating them you're not getting last intro that's gonna nope. be Steph. And I, I don't even think you get second to last. That's going to be Draymond. Right. And even a third, Clay would probably go before him. Clay before you. And, and yeah. Like, you're fourth. And fourth. Like Kevin Durant. And he's going to be like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. And I'll be like, yay. Gay. Right. And then, the, and then the real celebration will start. Uh, you know, right. Like, like, yeah. You're going to be a guest at your own. <laughs> celebration you know like, well you were the best player of all of them right. you're the most celebrated like i don't know maybe he doesn't care about any of that i don't know maybe he shouldn't i guess what does it matter but i don't know it seems like a lot of work and effort and to just like to just play it that wrong you know <laughs> yeah right like, for what what did he get out of it and that's right. That's ultimately it. What him and Kyrie have in common is they so obviously don't get it. And right. they, they, but they are positive. That they, right. They're the only ones that get it. Right, right, right. right. That's really well said. I totally and it's, it's infuriating, honestly. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Huh. Yeah. And what the hell's going on with Ben Simmons? Is he like, what is he doing? I mean, all right. How do I want to say this? Like, well, first of all, that picture. We got to post that on like the Instagram or something. What is a three outfit? What a weirdo! Would make you show up in that. Like you're looking dressed like the Riddler. Right. Everyone else is in black and white. All right. Also, like you're too nervous to go out there and shoot a jump shot in front of everybody, but you're gonna wear that outfit to the game. Like what? I just, like, I really feel, I don't know. What do you make of the whole Ben Simmons thing? I don't know. I don't know. You know, this whole mental health, you know, it just feels like such baloney. Like, Yeah. um, What I was trying to figure out how to say is I just feel like the Brooklyn Nets in general, like, are actually terrible for messaging about mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like they are, 
I don't know. They're like perverting the whole discussion, you know, and it's like. Yeah, I do. Th- it does feel like they're daring anyone to call bullshit on them. Right. You know, like, I'm not saying that's what's happening because I'm afraid too. But it does right. feel like that's what they're daring everyone to do. Right. I mean, because he is like, I do think he needs like, I do think. Ben Simmons should be seeing a sports psychologist. I think he has an issue there. I also think he is filing a grievance about it because he didn't want to play for the Sixers. He wanted to get traded and he doesn't want to lose his money. Like I think both of those things are true. Yes. I think he could have played most of this year. I don't really get why he hasn't played at all for the Nets. Like I don't quite understand this back in, you know, he's experiencing some back pain, like, okay, what what is the injury like and now he's su- suggesting it's a mental block that is causing the back pain um i don't know, you know? right but also like did a doctor did any sort of doctor even suggest that it was like a mental block causing the back pain or is that ben simmons's personal theory on things yeah i don't know i mean here's the thing right like i definitely understand the difference between professional athletes and me and their overall standing in this world. And I'm okay with that, really. But at the same time, I do think that there are some ways in which I don't think professional athletes are entitled to much better than we were. Like you and I used to joke about how, you know, Jeremy Shockey didn't like Tom Coughlin. It's like, why does Jeremy Shockey get to like his boss? A lot of people don't like their boss. Like what makes you so special, right? right? And so with, you know, with Ben Simmons, it's like, look, you're having mental health issues. I'm not criticizing the issues. I'm not like necessarily questioning the validity of it, but like there aren't a lot of people out there that have the opportunity to deal with those struggles in the way that you have at the expense of your employer. Right. You don't get to take absolutely as long as you possibly want forever, forever and get paid hundred percent of your salary. Of your like, millions of multi, multi, right, multi right. million like dollar should, salary. They should yeah. not be able to fire you over it. They should absolutely you should be able to get the help you need, but there should be a timeline by which you need to like at some like you have to perform also. Like you don't get to just like never show up. Like right. at some point this guy's gotta play. Yeah. And I'm don't assuming just... next year he will, but it, it, it's remarkable that he actually went this whole season without playing for anybody right that is crazy off of what he experienced last year like it is quite something yeah yeah all right brian we did it we did it let's go after dark horse let's go to sleep sleep. good morning and good night radiofreebrooklyn.org